Hey, Blackhawk Church. I am so excited about the I Am series. All of us on the teaching team are like so uh, pumped for uh, this series. Today's message is the second in an eight-part series. Last week, Pastor Charles started it off with an excellent uh, message from the book of Exodus. We learned uh, all about this phrase, I am. And um, if you didn't know it before, our God's name is a sentence. So in Hebrew, it's Eyeh Asher Eyeh, or I am who I am. And that forms the basis of uh, the entire series that we're going to go uh, through. So if you haven't watched that message, I would encourage you to make sure you watch that message. That's the basis of everything that we're going to be talking about. So that was last week, and that was the book of Exodus. This week, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John. Whoa. Oh, okay. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. COVID's continuing here. All right. Uh, we've got a problem here. Uh, man, I need a light. Can somebody put a... Show, can somebody shine a light? Oh, awesome. There you go. <laughs> I always wanted to be in the spotlight, so there you go. Hey, cheap trick. Sorry about that. I wanted to do this to get your attention. Did I get your attention? The first I am statement from Jesus in the Gospel of John that we are going to look at today is, what do you think? It's when Jesus stood up and said, I am the light of the world. That phrase is found in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 12. So everybody take your Bibles and uh, turn there. And while you're turning there in your Bibles or you're grabbing your device, let me remind you of some uh, things that we have on our website that's going to help us dig into the Word of God. You can just go right to our resources section. We have resources and tools just designed for this series, all kinds of different things that we're going to provide for you. There are videos that we have also provided. Three of our pastors taped different videos that are about how to choose a reading plan, how to choose a Bible translation. Pastor Chris K, there's two Pastor Chris's now, Pastor Chris K how to read the Bible, and questions to ask when reading the Bible. So the reason we provided these resources on our website is because we, we believe the Bible is like food. We want you to like eat uh, this. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We want you to like eat uh, his uh, word and dig into it. Also, in the middle of the week, we have a podcast that's going on, and uh, one of the pastors will talk about the message that just has happened. Again, we're just trying to get you to dig into the Word of God. And also, uh, we want your whole family to dig into the Word of God. So those of us who are, uh, have children and watch Blackhawk Kids Online, for the next 11 weeks, Blackhawk Kids Online is going to be about the Bible. The Bible is God's big story. It's about his creation, his rescue, and the fact that he loves every one of us. So at Blackhawk, we want you to not just take from the Bible like, you know, when you're watching right now. I mean, if that's the only time you get in the Bible, how's that working for you? We want you to learn to eat on your own. And so these tools are designed to help you kind of feed uh, yourself. So let's look at uh, John uh, 8. I hope you have a Bible or a device because uh, uh, you're going to need it. 
John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the first question we have to ask as we look at this is like, remember, the Bible's not written to us. Jesus didn't say this to us. He said this to a group of people. So who are those people? And where are those people? And when did this take place? Answering that question will help us understand what Jesus means when he says, I am the light of the world. So where did this take place? Well, it took place uh, in the temple precincts. And um, artists have kind of put together what we think is a rendition of the first century uh, temple. Go ahead and uh, watch this. So this would be like you're entering into one of the courts of the temple. Look at those incredible uh, pillars. This is what we think the temple might have looked like in Jesus' day. Look how massive and beautiful that thing is. All of that is covered in gold, unbelievable. Huge, huge complex of buildings, many buildings. I want you to look at those four poles uh, to the left that have those bulls on top of them. Those four poles have four bulls on each pole. And on uh, one day a year, those bulls would be lit. Three times a year, all of the people who could make the trip traveled to Jerusalem. And these pilgrimages were a very important part of their world. And on one pilgrimage, at the end of uh, their calendar year, in the fall of the year, one of those pilgrimages is called the Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles. And the Feast of Tabernacles was an opportunity for them to remember that God was with them in the wilderness. Today, our Jewish friends refer to it as Sukkot, and it occurs on October the 2nd through the 9th uh, this year. And today, our Jewish friends will make a little uh, kind of, you know, like something, like, like little lean-tos, and they uh, make these little booths kind of a thing. And the idea is that when you make a little booth, you remember back in the day, after God had led the people out of Egypt, that they were living in these temporary shelters in the middle of the wilderness. And while they were living in those shelters or those booths or little tabernacles, God was with them. So we read in Exodus uh, 13, by day, the Lord, well, let's just stop for a second. Remember when we see Lord in all caps, it's the English translation of uh, putting the personal name of God in the sentence. So it's really Yahweh, or Yahweh is another way of saying I am. So let's read it this way. By day, I am went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. So in Jesus' day, on the Feast of Tabernacles, 
they would light uh, those 16 different bulls full of oil and it would just light up the whole temple precinct. There's an artist's rendering of that. Look uh, at this. So this just fantastic light. Now it's hard for us to appreciate what this, how spectacular this would have been uh, for them because like we have LED lights and at night it's no, nothing for us to see this big lights. But back in those days, there was nothing like that. Everything was dark. When it was night, it was dark. So it's very unusual to have a really bright light in the middle of the night. On the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, they would light those 16 bulls on top of those four pillars. And it is on that day that Jesus spoke these words. I am the light of the world. So let's go back uh, to that passage. John chapter eight, verses 12 and 13. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Let's stop just for a second. Okay, look at this. Okay. Does anything, is anything odd about that? Let me read it again. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And you know, they see this light behind them in this temple. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. It's like, this is a classic example of missing the point. Like, what? So he's talking about being the light of the world. They don't say anything about that. They just talk about the fact that, well, he's, it seems like he's not obeying a religious technicality. This is totally what religious people do. They're they're lost on this technicality. And the technicality is this, well, he's making a statement. His statement's not true unless it's backed up by a witness. Really? Really? You're gonna bring that up right now? Jesus says, okay, I'll play that game. Verses 14 and following. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I am from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I am going. In the context of John 7 and 8, in chapter 7, at the end of chapter 7, we saw that there was a controversy. They thought he was from Galilee. You know, he's from Nazareth, but he's really from Bethlehem. So they didn't fact check. Verse 15. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they ask him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Do you see how ironic and 
tragic and just offensive those words are, how ironic they are. I mean, these are the most religious people. Pharisees are the most religious people. They, they fasted on Mondays and Thursdays. They kept all kinds of different commands. If you went to a person in Jerusalem and said, who's the most religious person you know? Everybody's gonna say, well, the Pharisees are the most religious people we know. And they're the most religious people. And yet, they don't even know who their God is. That's what Jesus is saying. It's so tragic that the Messiah himself, the light of the world is standing right in front of them and they, and they can't see him. And it's just offensive to their religion. <laughs> and this is the kind of thing that's gonna get Jesus killed. Well, that's the way I think it took place. So what does this have to do with our life? I mean, it's interesting. We learn something about history. You learn something about the temple, about the Feast of Tabernacles. But how in the world does something like this help us now, today, in Madison in 2020? How does it help us get through a global pandemic? Well, let's think about that phrase. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. What does that mean for us? Well, in order to illustrate this, um, let me ask for the lights to be changed over again. Let's make it all dark in here and have that spotlight back on me. Here we go. I just love the spotlight. Here you go. Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows him is in the light. If we do not follow him, we're in the darkness. He's the light, and if we're not following him, we're in the darkness. It's a very simple concept. Does everybody get it? Light versus darkness. Very simple concept. All of the statements in the I am statements, they're all very simple. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am the gate. They're all simple concepts, but there's a great deal of depth behind every one of the I am statements. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, will have the light of life. Simple concept, but it's, it's difficult for us to walk in the light, isn't it? Why? Well, a couple of ideas. We can't see clearly when we're in the dark. So like right now, it's pretty dark on the platform and I can't see clearly at all. I know there's some wires that go with a guitar over there and there's some wires that kind of uh, run to this TV screen. And so, and this is a little creepy for me being in a dark room, so turn the lights back up. Uh, there you go, feel a little better, I can see now. We can't see clearly in the dark. We can't see clearly in the dark. This was brought home uh, to me uh, not too long ago, a few weeks ago when I went on uh, my annual camping trip. Uh, usually, uh, Myself and five or six other uh, men go to uh, the Quetico, uh, which is um, a beautiful area just north of the United States and Canada. But because of COVID, we couldn't cross the border. So this 
This year we had to stay in the United States and we went to the Boundary Waters in uh, Minnesota and I thought I'd show you a, a camping picture or two. Anybody want to see a camping picture? Doesn't matter. I'm going to show you one anyway. Here's one picture and that's me in my happy place right there. Loving that. Some of you are thinking, what in the world does that have to do with the message about Jesus being the light of the world? It has absolutely nothing to do with Jesus being the light of the world. I just love that picture, so I thought I'd show it to you. There you go. Let's put another picture up. Here's our campsite. Uh, in the red, that's a friend of mine named Steve uh, Rogers, and then the guy who's talking is uh, Pastor Michael uh, Napstad, who's over college uh, career um, ministries. And what a week uh, that Michael has had this uh, week. Way to go, Blackhawk, uh, by uh, sending uh, all of those uh, different sacks of food uh, to uh, Celery and Witty. Way to go, you guys. And if anybody in Celery and Witty is watching, hey, we love you guys. That's why we uh, did that. So back to uh, my camping uh, site. So this is the tent where we uh, spent the night. I want you to notice all those boulders around there, all those boulders, just like on an island. So imagine in the middle of the night when like when like biology says to me, yeah, you need to get up right now. And you know, you know what I'm talking about? So there's no way I'm gonna walk outside that tent around those boulders without a headlamp or a flashlight. Because if I walk around in the dark on that site, I'm gonna be in trouble fast. Some of us are walking around in the dark. And we're stumbling over boulders, like sacks, alcohol, money. Or maybe a sharp uh, stick is sticking us in the side, in the, way, the way we are treating other people. We're walking around in the dark, and we can get hurt in the dark might fall into a hole in the dark. Some of us are in the dark. We're tripping right now. Jesus wants you to move towards the light where you can see. But it's not easy, is it? Why is that? Because sometimes the darkness can desensitize us to the dangers around us. Those things which should hurt us don't hurt us because we're kind of, the dark kind of desensitizes us. It's kind of like when you go to the dentist and you know you're going to have uh, somebody, you know, drill on your teeth and, you know, they got to they gotta numb you up first before that happens. That which should hurt you, you don't feel that pain because you're desensitized. Some of us are tripping over boulders in our world today and those boulders used to hurt us but they don't anymore because we're desensitized to it. Another thing about the darkness is the darkness can be enjoyable. I mean, like, let's be truthful here. Sometimes we enjoy being in the dark. Secrets are done in the dark. And we don't want anybody to see those secrets. So we, we make sure they stay in the dark. If we think anybody is finding out when we, when we lie, because we want to stay stay in the dark. We feel safe there. It's enjoyable. 
Nobody really wants to be in the light. I have a friend who used to manage a bar in the Bay Area in San Francisco. He said, Pastor Chris, uh, you know how I get everybody out of the bar at 2 a.m. when the bar uh, closes? I said, I have no idea how you get people out of a bar at 2 a.m. in San Francisco. He said, I turn the lights on and make it real bright in the bar. And everybody looks at each other and they go, oh my gosh, and they just scatter. Something inside of us deep inside of us that enjoys the darkness. Something else about the dark. Religion can keep us in the dark. Now, it might sound strange to uh, many of you. Because they, well, he's like an ordained uh, like professional pastor, right? In the Protestant denomination, you know, that kind of thing. So, but... Religion can keep us in the dark. Religion sometimes can be so damaging to our spiritual life, you guys. And you can see it in this chapter. The most religious, the most religious people. I mean, the amount of scripture that the Pharisees had memorized in their head, you guys, is unbelievable. And yet, they were in the dark. Now, for the Pharisees, their religion was about uh, rules keeping. They thought righteousness was about keeping rules. I think that could be a problem for many of us, uh, but I think more of the problem for us today is probably the fact that many of us see Christianity or our religion as uh, an insurance policy to keep us out of hell, basically. So it's like if I place my faith in Christ and him alone for my salvation, then he's forgiven all my sins and then I'm not gonna go to hell. And I can really live my life however I want to live my life. No matter what this says, I just live my life any way I want. If that's our idea of Christianity, that kind of religion can keep us living in the dark. If Jesus sat down with you at a coffee shop and started talking to you about your life and the way you're walking, you wouldn't enjoy the conversation, you'd want to get up and walk away. Sometimes we make payments to our insurance policy. We like watch a talk or we give money to a good organization or maybe we read the Bible for, you know, once a month. But we never really sit down and dig in the Bible. We never really sit down and ask God to change us. Religion that's just about keeping us out of hell is the kind of religion that will keep us in the dark. Well, what does it mean to uh, walk in the light? Well, what, 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 what does that look like? Well, it looks different uh, for uh, different people as we try to follow Christ. Here's what it looks like to a friend of mine named Trey. My name is Trey, and this is a bit of my story. There's a famous statement or that was made famous by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that I love, and that is, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And I found that very relevant within my entire life. And I think back to being about seven years old. I had an older brother named Fred, and we would go riding bikes around our neighborhood every night. Um, and I was afraid of trees. And so one night we 
We're out too late, it got dark, the lights came on, and it was time to go home, but the shortcut meant going underneath trees. And little kid me was not having it, and so I began to cry, and he stopped, and he said, can you see the stars? Yes. Can you see the street lights in the distance? Yes. He said, no matter how dark and scary it is right now, you're surrounded by a bunch of lights. And all the light that you see is the light of God, and it's, it's here, it's with you and it's guiding you because Jesus is the light and that very light lives inside of you. Um, and you know, as we went older, I just, I carried that. Um, and then eventually uh, he ended up passing away in a car accident, which was, um, it was sad, but I always remembered what he taught me. Uh, throughout my life, I wrestled with that. There have been um, three divorces now. You know, my parents divorced when I was eight. Um, I went through another divorce when I was 12 and another when I was 21. Um, and in every situation, no matter how dark it got, how ugly it got, I went back to, to what he told me and that was, Jesus is the light. Um, and that light is surrounding you. Even when it's dark, look for the light. Um, and even just to be the light, um, as the Bible tells us to do. So uh, that leads us to today, right? Life is uncertain on all kinds of levels. And on top of that, I have uh, a sibling who's fighting for his life. Um, and it, you know, is shaping up to, to be a very long journey. And right now our family is going through a period of darkness and we don't know what's to come. But, you know, I can think back every time to, to what my brother said, and that is, Jesus is the light. Carry it through the dark situations. And in doing that, I've been able to look back on my life and see how God has been sovereign. Through every dark moment, you know, I think back to, well, I'm glad that happened because it's put me where I am right now and it's made me who I am right now. And if it wasn't for going through that period of darkness, I wouldn't be able to appreciate God is our strength and he can be our light whenever we need him. If Trey uh, looks familiar to you, he's one of the worship leaders uh, today uh, in worship. And he's also one of the meteorologists uh, on Channel 3, so he might look familiar to you. I love it what, uh, what Trey says uh, when he says uh, life is uncertain in all kinds of ways right now. But we know that Jesus is always uh, with us. If you've placed your faith in Christ and him alone for your salvation, the, the, light, is, is, the light is with you and he's shining. And are you, are you following? Are you following? That's the, that's, that's the issue. Well, what does it mean to follow the light, to not walk in darkness? Does that mean that we're going to be perfect uh, people as we follow? No, no, that, that, no, it doesn't mean that at all. It means that whenever the light of Christ uh, shines in our life and we see something that uh, is dark and needs to be changed, then we respond, we learn, we, uh, yeah, we respond uh, to that. We're transformed uh, by that. Transformation's a slow process. But we respond to the light. It's like this. Did you ever get dressed in the dark? You know? You don't want to wake up your roommate or uh, your spouse or something like that and you get dressed in the dark. And then uh, when you get to uh, work or uh, your class of the light of day, all of a sudden you realize 
Yeah, I thought those were two black socks, but that's a black sock and a brown sock. Or I thought that was a brown belt. It should be a black belt. And people are pointing that out to you as the light of the day shines on your clothing situation. And you're like totally embarrassed. And all day long you're going, hey, I know it's not the right color, but I got dressed in the dark. I want to do something about it. That's the point. When the light came on, you wanted to change. You wanted to do something about it. The light shone in your life in such a way that you, you learned. Oh, oh. In the New Testament, there's a word for people who are learning as they're following Christ. And that word is this word, disciple. Disciple translates the Greek word mathetes. We get our word mathematics from mathetes. Mathetes simply just means I'm, I'm learning. I'm a learner. I'm in darkness. Light shines. Whoa. I learn. I change. I want to walk like Jesus walks. I don't want to walk in the darkness. I want to walk following him. I love it what Dallas Willard says. Dallas Willard says this, as a disciple of Jesus, I am learning from him how to lead my life as he would lead my life if he were I. Keep that on the screen. Let's just, why don't you say this with me out loud? Wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Just say this out loud with me. Here we go, reading together. As a disciple of Jesus, I am learning from him how to lead my life as he would lead my life if he were I. Being a disciple of Jesus doesn't mean that we do the things that Jesus did. It means that in our life, as we live our lives, as we make our decisions, we make the kind of decisions that Jesus would make if he were me. How are you doing with that, Blackhawk? Are we following the light? Let's change the lights again and put that spotlight back on me. Jesus is the light, you guys. He's the light of the world. Am I, am I stepping towards the light? Am, 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 I, am I following the light? Am I... Am I eating this book? Am I reading from his word? Am I trying to understand what the light wants from me right now? It's a very simple concept, you guys. Light versus darkness. But it's extremely difficult to live out. God wants us to move towards the light. And to respond to the light, to learn from the light. Are we doing that? Let's pray. Father, it is so, so very difficult when, as Trey said, when life is so uncertain now, so many things are up in the air. It's so difficult. And there's anger inside of us. There's frustration. There's confusion. 
so many things are going on in our life right now, Father, that are just, uh, they're, they're keeping us away from you. They're keeping us from coming to you. Father, would, would, would you help us by the power of your spirit, would you m- move us to the light Father, for those people who have never placed their faith in Christ and him alone for their salvation, I just pray, Father, that they would see no matter what they have done, no matter, no matter how bad we have stumbled in the dark, you are always accepting of people as they move towards the light. And I, I pray, Father, those of us who made a, a decision to come to Christ years ago, some of us walking in darkness and we've been desensitized by the darkness, things which should hurt us, well... We've learned to live with it. May your spirit work in our hearts and minds so powerfully that we, we move toward the light. We ask you to forgive us for the things that we have done and we, we pray, Father, that you would help us to learn from your spirit and your word how we can be followers of the light. We pray, Father, that you would help all of us to take those steps towards the light of the world. We pray this in Christ's name, for the sake of his reputation. All God's people said, amen.